Hey guys, this is Lauren and Megan, and we want to welcome you to Rhythms, a podcast by Bright Lights Theatre. Rhythms exists to equip parents and encourage actors while integrating theatre and theology. We are so thankful you've tuned into our show and hope you find encouraging and accessible information about what it's like to live in the space where theatre and theology intersect. Now, let's dive in! today here on our second episode of Rhythms. Yeah, we're pumped. Um, So today we're going to start where we should, you know, at the beginning. The very good place to start. (laughs) It is. Yes. A very good place to start. So today we're going to explore the origins of theater because the purpose of looking back is not just to be informed, Mm -hmm. um, but to have the tools to live in the present. So... Mm -hmm. Exactly. And when looking back at the art of theater and its origins, I hope we can better understand why theater is what it is today. And it's only by understanding where we came from and where we are that we can then take steps to where we want to be in the future. Yeah. So let's take a second at the beginning to assess our views of the art of theater. So you, the listener, take a second, think about theater. Think about what your impressions, what your thoughts, what your feelings are towards this art form. Are they positive? Are they negative? Confused. Confused. (laughs) Do you even care? (laughs) Like, hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, you have some sort of opinion. Um, And so, yeah, just think about what those are. Okay. Now, what if we told you that the art of theater actually began as a form of worship? Does that change things? Hmm. The issue with that is that this form of theater was not being used to worship the God of Israel, the one true God, Jesus, Yahweh. It was being used to worship pagan gods, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) which is not great. Um, So theater as an organized art form began in the Greco-Roman time period. Theater kind of... It kind of had a bad rap from Mm. the beginning when Aristotle dissed it kind of in his poetics, you know, by comparing it to Greco-Roman sacred mysteries, which was religious services. Mm. From this Greco-Roman religion, we first see Western theater in its most recognizable form. Mm. So dating back to around the 5th century BC, festivals were held at the Theater of Dionysus, which contained a performed cycle of plays that lasted about five days and it was followed by a poetry orator competition. Yeah, so that's early. It's an mm-hmm. or, early origin, five, the 5th century BC. That's yeah. crazy. Um, but while it's being used to worship gods that are not <laughs> the one true god, um, it's not an ideal origin story for someone who's trying to redeem this art form. Mm-hmm. However... Um, with that rough um, origin, theater at its most basic elements, not as an organized thing, but Mm -hmm. as um, storytelling and dramatized readings, um, we can see that those things were used during the time of Moses. Mm -hmm. The early Israelites were um, using these things to learn and recite the Pentateuch, 
um, and tell the stories that are found within it. So at that time, there was not just copies of the Bible around (laughs) for people to use and read. Um, And so the Israelites relied on um, people reading the one or two copies Mm -hmm. of the Pentateuch that they had for them to understand who they were as a people and who their God was and the attributes of their God. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they used you know, dramatic readings and storytelling to tell stories like the creation of the world and the flood and the exodus, telling these people about their history. And that was super important to them. Um, And so you can, I'm sure that you can see that if someone stood up there to read the Pentateuch and it was not entertaining. (laughs) Let's read numbers. (laughs) Right. Like you'd get bored pretty quickly, probably if it was monotone and just, you know, it'd be, it'd be a hard sell to listen to the entirety of the Pentateuch. And so it was important that these things were engaging and, um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, drama storytelling was used as a tool to communicate, um, the gospel and yeah. the truths about the one true God to his people. So absolutely. Just huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that in mind, <laughs> looking through the past of theater proper, yes. um, we can see that in the fifth century, in fifth century Greece, theater was formed for use in these festivals that celebrated the Greek gods. So specifically Dionysus, who was the god of the great harvest, wine, fertility, religious experiences, and also a little bit, unfortunately, theater. Um, (laughs) It is from this time period that we get the Greek tragedies from people like Euripides and the comedies from people like Aristophanes and then a whole bunch of other satirical works. So they were like crushing it basically. Fun fact. Okay, fun fact. Fun fact time. Here we are. Um, So it was actually from this part of the world and this snippet of time that the word for actor, thespian, Uh, came into existence. It, it originated after a man named Thespis, I mean, you know, historically, right. after a man named Thespis became the first solo actor in uh, the history of Greece to step out of the chorus and have and speak on his own. Huh. Yeah, as an individual character. So that's kind of where the name thespian comes from. So before that, yeah. there were not like individual characters. We just saw theater being presented from a whole chorus group of people. Yeah. So true. M- more, more than likely, yes. Mm-hmm. That's where you get like the whole idea of like the Greek chorus. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like Hercules. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, the little ladies. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're so fun. But yeah, that was typically, they were storytelling, but they were not storytelling as individuals. They were storytelling as together, together as a group. Mm. Singing, chanting, things like that. So, gotcha. yeah, huh. interesting. Fun yeah. fact of the day with Megan. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so beyond that, it turns Sorry, out guys. <laughs> that by um, 277 BC, so still um, before um, Christ comes, there were so many thespians that they had formed a guild of actors, chorus members, directors, writers, and then other theatrical professionals. And this put theater into the hands of the government because it was that guild group was controlled by the government instead Mm -hmm. of the hands of the wealthy. So now theater was available to everyone instead of Mm -hmm. just those that had enough to pay for it. Exactly. And by doing this, the actors actually were securing their profession Mm -hmm. because during this time, theater was seen so uh, tightly linked to the government that actually votes and government activities were held in the theater at times. Hmm. And, uh, 
interestingly enough, political and also religious, but mostly Greek religious mm -hmm. um, figures had reserved seats to productions that mm. they would put on. And not only that, I guess another fun fact for today <laughs> is that the actors were actually not expected, uh, uh, actors that were a part of this guild were not expected to take part in military time during times of war. They were not expected to take part of the military, unlike almost every other profession in ancient Greece. So they were protected under that umbrella. That's amazing. Yeah. That's like, that's a sweet gig. I, yeah, feel, they, I feel great about that. Getting to perform all the time and they, then not having to go fight for your life. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about Aristotle's aversion, mm -hmm. right, to the theatrical a world a little bit. He, in his poetics, kind of basically denounced um, theater. And, but it, it feels like we also need to note that Plato considered actors as less moral. Um, so all of our philosophers of the day were, like, not about it. Um, they were about it, but, like, not for anything moral. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Um, so Plato, the reason for this is that Plato feared that the actor's ability to transform and mask their true identity mm -hmm. during the performance would spill over into their personal lives. So he was yeah. afraid that this would make them incapable of being truly themselves and because of that, because of them not knowing their true identity, they would become a danger to society around them. Yeah, which is kind of interesting to kind of think about how that has impacted how actors have kind of been viewed mm -hmm. throughout history as these, like, deceptive mm -hmm. people putting on a show for the public. Like, we even see that nowadays with yeah. actors and stuff. It's like, oh, well, they live there public life and their private life and right. it's not just their life it's mm -hmm. there's a show and like are they actually living their true life right. or is this just part of their show right do we actually know who they are exactly or not? yeah that's and hard and so that i think that's always kind of been the case but yeah, yeah even even more so here mm. so yeah, Dr. also, Dr. Alvin uh, Goldfarb and Dr. Edwin Wilson, they state that it was because Hellenistic performers wanted to avert public hostility and remind audiences of their ties with religion that they named their guild the Artists of Dionysus. So mm -hmm. that, going back to that, you know, that, that Greek that origin story. Yeah, Greek origin story. So, but it's important that we recognize that by religion, um, Dr. Goldfarb and Wilson mm -hmm. mean Greek mythology, so right. the Greek religion of the Greeks. So obviously, artists of Dionysus, right? They're right. talking about this <laughs> Greek god. They're not. They're not trying to connect their actors' guild with you know the one true god of the universe. Right. If anything, it's like trying to disconnect from mm -hmm. that and separate from it, which is mm -hmm. which is interesting. And we can see clearly that the theater community has never really been esteemed in the Christian world. Yeah, it's been a fight. Yeah, and there was actually a point in history when most Christians would not even step into the theater for fear of being excommunicated from the Roman Catholic mm -hmm. Church. So, Which is a bummer. Like, it's yeah. hard to to feel like the, this thing that you're good at and that you love is totally being pulled apart from the religion that you are that you believe. Mm -hmm. That's hard. Yeah, and like 
another quote from uh, Dr. Goldfarb and Dr. Wilson is that they've noticed a close relationship between theater and religion. Religion has theatrical elements, and mm-hmm. theater has at times evolved from religious ceremonies, as right. you know we've been talking about. Right. Um, this connection between the two, however, has often taken the form of a love-hate relationship, mm-hmm. that relationship that That's we're, we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And there have been times when religion has bitterly opposed theater. And so yeah. that's... That's, that's, what, this, that's this point in history. They're uh-huh. bitterly opposing it because all they see in it is is the negatives, is the, the pagan um, connections. And so it's hard for them to recognize theater as a viable mm-hmm. form of communicating the gospel. Exactly. Um, which is just really hard. Yeah. Um, but after that, so we're seeing this moment in history when, mm-hmm. when Christians are um, trying to you know, not even stepping in the theater because they're afraid. Right. Um, but once the empires began to fall mm-hmm. in, like, 500 AD, mm-hmm. there, we begin to kind of see a new relationship forming between the theater in its proper sense and Christianity, right? Yeah. It's during this medieval, the medieval period that mm-hmm. the church and theater kind of begin a true dialogue and at times a semi-partnership, which is kind of what the doctors were talking about mm-hmm. in that previous quote. Um, again, not always. It's right. always been a love-hate relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Throughout the centuries, it's super interesting to see that some theologians have sought to discourage theater um, mm-hmm. yeah. in its proper sense by either banning Christians from the theater, which yeah. is why they were afraid to go in, um, or persecuting Christian thespians, yeah. um, or even by taking theater and attempting to kind of Christianize it mm-hmm. and turn it into something that they felt comfortable with. Exactly. Yeah, well, I think we see that today. Yeah. Like, we see Christians in some churches, they just, you know are not okay with people going to the theater and seeing certain shows. And, Mm -hmm. of course, we have to be mindful about what we're entertaining with our, you know, our eyes and our minds. Like, we always have to be considerate about that. Um, But there are are companies that literally take theater and Christianize it, uh, which is not inherently a bad thing. No. It's, It's just different. It's just... it. Its target audience is Christians in and of itself, right. which is not a bad thing. It's a good thing to equip Christians, to give them tools, to work in that space, and I think that's great and that's wonderful. Right. It's like Israel, right? Like Israel using this art form yeah. to share its history. So exactly. similarly to like doing a Jonah play. Exactly. It's like this is great. It's good uh-huh. to share the story of Jonah through exactly. a new medium, and that's great for Christians, but... Um, yeah, it's not necessarily bringing in a um, a non-Christian audience. Exactly, yeah. And that, I mean, I think it goes back to the age-old tension of the secular and the sacred and how do we exist and how can we live in a secular world right. as those who are indwelt with the sacred, with mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Uh, I think we are called to live in this way, in that tension, mm-hmm. and we clearly see that that in scripture that we are we are in the world, mm-hmm. right? We are in this world, whether we like it or not. Right. As long as we're alive, we're in this sinful world, and we have the Holy Spirit living in us, and it's our job to be in the world 
and to be able to uh, speak to those who are of the world right. and not becoming of the world ourselves. Right. So like Megan said, we see that in scripture. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to throw a little bit of that at you so that we're not Ooh. just, you know, saying it it's, <laughs> and you not recognizing it. It's that's in true. the Bible, I promise. Right. Um, so like Romans 12, 2, for example, says yeah. that, um, says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, mm-hmm. that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good acceptable and perfect yes also in John 17 13 13 through 19 Jesus prays to the father on behalf of his disciples Mm -hmm. saying I am coming to you now but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. Mm. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Yeah, so basically Jesus is praying to the Father, asking that the Father wouldn't take his disciples out of the world, Mm -hmm. because they need to be in the world, right? They need to be in the world in order to speak the truth of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's praying that God the Father would protect them while they're there, while they're being sanctified, while they're learning, while they're sharing the good news with those that are of the world. So they're not of it, but Jesus wants them to stay in it in Mm -hmm. order that they might share Mm -hmm. um, the good news. Exactly. So we are not called to live in isolation from the world or else we would never really encounter someone who doesn't know Jesus. We can't live in this bubble of Christianity uh, as much as we might want to, as much as that might feel safe. Uh, We were not called for safety. Right. We were called to make disciples. Yeah, be bold so. in that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we're to live by example in word yeah. and deed, right, so that we can have the opportunity in the quote-unquote secular world um, to live out our sacred beliefs. So we're living in that tension. Mm-hmm. Yep, every day. Mm-hmm. August Augustine, which is... This, this is interesting. He states that the statues, edifices, and altars of the Roman theaters marked their theaters as the domain of the pagan gods and theater with the rest of the pagan culture. It substitutes the spiritual joy of knowing God through scripture with earthly obsessions. Mm, so can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so it looks like here mm-hmm. that he's saying that the Romans, Greeks also mm-hmm. created this temple and mm. in so many words I guess yeah. for lack of better word that there's this temple of pagan gods with the theater and there's you know there's an altar on the stage right. so it's very much like the temple mm-hmm. but it's for their quote unquote pagan gods and that we that they're trying to substitute that with the spiritual joy of knowing God through scripture right. with that earthly obsession of licentiousness and immorality, drunkenness, things yeah. like that, that were going on at the theater in that time mm-hmm. and that kind of somewhat still go on today. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just that tension of looking at the theater as it was at that time and saying, mm-hmm. this is not a place 
where uh, the joy of knowing God through Scripture is. Right, is it, seen, yeah. it is a place where it is obsessed with the world and earthly obsessions. This culture, it's just pagan. It's not right. It's not what it was meant to be. Yeah, so kind of similarly, Clement of Alexandria viewed theater as empty and leading to human suffering, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Um, He saw Christ as the hope and truth in the world with which we would agree, right? Yes, He is the hope. He is the truth. (laughs) Yes. Um, But his view is such that Christians should remain distant from the theater because this, the theater as it was at the time, didn't serve Christ, which is a fair view, yeah, of, it of didn't. what theater was at the time, right? It didn't. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess the difference is the mindset of those producing the art. Yeah. So if we're looking back at that time period, it was specifically for those gods, mm. temple-like. Um, it's very set apart, very, very secular. Right. Uh, so in most theaters today, they're not directly associated with the religion for the most part. Right. Um, if anything, they are void of religion altogether. Right. They're, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, in contrast to that, the goal of Bright Lights is right. to go into every show, every yeah. class or camp with the mindset that every story points back to God's big story. Mm-hmm. And our hope is to create theater that serves Christ and right. serves his kingdom purposes in contrast with what Clement of Alexandria was seeing in the, in his day. Right. Um, so we hope to create theater that challenges the hearts and minds of everyone in the audience um, to see that some there's something that's wrong mm-hmm. in this world yeah. um, and that really there's only one way to fix it. Right. Yeah. So now that while having that mindset, our hope is not to Christianize the art of theater. Right. And we will not only be producing miracle plays or dramatic readings of scripture, which are good things and valid things and yes. things that need to be done. Right. Uh, but those might be incorporated from time to time, right? Sure. But the plan is to produce well-known, quote-unquote, secular shows mm-hmm. and teach our kids and parents to see the gospel in everything. Right. And I think that goes back to even seeing a show that was not produced by someone who knows the Lord yeah. and being able to say and have that conversation with their kid and say, okay, well, this person who produced this show, directed this show, starred in this show, mm-hmm. they don't know Jesus. But that person was created in God's image. And so they are imaging God, whether or not they know it or not, they are. And we cannot tell a story that is not scripturally based. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just, it's amazing to think of all the stories. And there is always something that you can tie back to scripture, Mm -hmm. always something you can tie back to the gospel, because we are creatures that image our creator. Right. And that's the story that he's told. So yeah. we can't think of something right. better than that. Right. Think of any, I don't know, other story. What is the biggest story? It's that there's a savior mm-hmm. that needs to save someone who is incapable of saving themselves. Yeah. They come in, they sacrifice everything. Mm-hmm. Most of the time they end up dying for the one that they love, mm-hmm. even if they don't love them in return. Yeah. And sacrificing their life and then at the end they're reunited in a beautiful way Mm -hmm. that's every story ever ever right and that's true of our savior right like that that is the point here so even though 
theater has its origins in um, in pagan religion, or it might have a little bit of a checkered past. Yeah. Um, and there were times in history when not everyone understood um, the art of theater or right. weren't using it well. Um, our hope here is to see that theater is a tool. Mm-hmm. It is a tool that can be used for good or bad right. in reality. Um, it's just a tool for communication. And so our hope is to communicate the gospel right. um, through the art of theater. And so it is a highly redeemable thing. Yeah. Um, and so we're excited to do that. Mm-hmm. We hope that this was helpful for you guys. Yeah. Um, this is hopefully this kind of reset your hearts a little bit yeah. as you as you now start to think back about your impressions and your mm-hmm. feelings about theater hopefully um you can see even if even if now maybe your thoughts about it from the past are negative you can see that right. there might be there is a positive future to this mm-hmm. um and that yeah. there is a positive future that your kids can take part in right um, that will be really sweet and fruitful for the kingdom of god exactly and i know that we've personally both experience that change of heart yeah um in that oh well I can only do I don't know this type of play Mm -hmm. or I can only do theater if it's in the context of my Christian community Mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily true I mean sometimes it might be what's best but yeah I mean honestly what what we're commanded to do is to go into the world yeah to teach and proclaim the gospel and to make disciples yeah and so that's our commandment and that's our mandate is to go and do that and yeah. so why not with theater yeah there's just like any other profession there are people who don't know Jesus at all there are people who hate him yeah and what a what a unique way mm-hmm. we are all and your kids are a, or will be yeah uh, equipped to do that to to reach those specific people which is an amazing thing yeah So we're glad that you guys joined us today. Thanks for listening in. Um, We hope that this was helpful in prepping your hearts and hopefully maybe your kids' hearts for jumping in to do this work. We're ready. Yep, let's jump. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you feel equipped and encouraged by this episode of Rhythms. As always, if you could leave a review, we would be so grateful to hear from you. If you have any questions about what we discussed or have a recommendation of something you'd love to hear, you can reach us at info at For more information, you can check us out on Instagram and Facebook or go to our website at brightlightstheater.org. Bright Lights Theater exists to train the next generation as masterful storytellers in order to bring the light of Christ to a dark and broken industry. We are a nonprofit, so if you feel led to give financially, you can do so on our website. Catch you later.